Merry Christmas, Middle Family. I'm Reverend Natalie. My pronouns are she, her. We are so glad that you've chosen to worship with us on this Christmas Sunday. Thank you so much for coming. Um, we hope your Christmas was filled with love, hope, peace, and joy. Um, we are now officially into Christmas tide season in the church. Um, we're in the 12 days of Christmas, yesterday being Christmas, so this is like day two. And if you're signed up for our emails, then you've got a little gift in your inbox yesterday, and you'll get one today, and so on and so forth. You know, just a little Christmas spirit your way. Um, let's get right into worship, but before we do, let's take a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship the birth of love in this world. Hi, Will. I'm Jamie Kaufman. Um, we live in Philly and uh, just so glad to be here. I'm actually in Kingston, Jamaica, where I live currently. Hi, everybody. I'm Tasha. I'm from Long Island, Farmingdale. Good morning. I'm Sadie. Um, I live at the beach outside of Tampa. I'm Mike Wagoner <clears throat> from Waterloo, Iowa. Um, we first started attending um, Middle in 2008. Hi, uh, I'm Ellie. I um, grew up in New York, and then we are now in Richmond, Virginia. I'm near Philadelphia, and I found Middle through a mutual uh, friend's social media, um, and I just had a feeling like this, this, this must be different. Uh, I live in Brooklyn. And so, yeah, I saw this opportunity and uh, happy to be here. I live in upstate New York. And so I'm so happy to be here. Is there any place I can go where I can escape your spirit? If I make my bed in heaven, you're there. Jesus, Jesus, oh, what a wonderful 
Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm the senior minister at Middle Church. Wherever you are listening to this today, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you had a beautiful holiday with your family and friends, and that you've had some time to play and open up presents. Young people, I have a special message for you right now. Do you know why we give presents at Christmas time? Well, there's a tradition that there were three wise kings who traveled a long way to go and visit the Christ child. And when they went, they carried presents of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. I'll tell you what, frankincense and myrrh smell really good, and gold is kind of beautiful. So we give each other presents because we're saying, we see you, we love you, we like you, we care for you. And some of us still get presents from Santa Claus. But here's a present I'd like you to think about, a gift that you get to give, a gift that keeps on giving. I wonder what it is. Hmm. It's you. You're the gift that keeps on giving. Do you know that even if you have a twin, there's no one else exactly like you in the whole world? You're the only one with your face, your personality, your smile, your talents, your gifts, your superpowers. No one else feels exactly like you when they feel sad or mad or happy or glad. You are the only one like you. And you are able to give such great love to the people around you. So I want you to think of this. You and your love are a present that keep on giving past Christmas and all year long. You're special, you're amazing, and you are loved. And just wanting to offer some announcements to keep us on track and to keep us aware that we are middle rising. All middle worship will be virtual until January 16th. Stay tuned and we'll let you know about our COVID updates. Until then, make sure that you focus on social distancing. Make sure that you take care of your vaccination your booster, and remember to keep your mask on. Live well and stay safe. Tuesdays in January, 6 p.m., we're excited to tell you about Seeking Stained Glass Softness, Queer Self-Care. To learn more, go to middlechurch.org slash queercare. Excited about that program and we hope that you'll spread the word. We are in very challenging times. We pray and we hope that you are staying connected to middle. We have the prayer line available to you, 
877-0666 extension 4. Anytime to hear a recorded prayer. If you need to speak to a prayer minister, all you need to do is go to middlechurch.org slash prayer. You are not alone in this time. Now, we're excited to let you hear a song prayer, Middle Church Choir.
Now, family, won't you pray with me the Lord's Prayer? Say it in the language and in the expression that you know best. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. family, let us pass the peace that passes all understanding. The peace of God be with you. Shining in the eyes of every child And in the flame of dawn reflecting on an open sea
Our scripture today comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And all over these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of the body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and administer one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me for a moment? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts connect us and be acceptable in your sight, pleasing to your grace and working for your glory. We pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. I wonder if Mary was disappointed. I mean, an angel appears to her, tells her you're pregnant, but not just with anybody. This baby is going to save the world. In fact, the child you carry is not a normal person at all. This is God's child. Word made flesh, the Lord themself incarnated in human form. Mary has nine months to contemplate and ponder this earth-shattering news. Nine months to think about what it will be like to give birth to the Holy One. You can hear her awe in the Magnificat we read last week. My soul magnifies the Lord. Surely all generations will call me blessed. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things. And so here comes this moment that she has been expecting for months. Huddled in a manger, okay, the delivery room could use a little work, but here we are, Joseph by her side, ready to raise this child who isn't his, but is in all the ways that matter. The baby begins crowning. The moment has arrived. Now he's out, safely delivered. Mary holds Jesus in her arms. And he cries? God, surely there's been some kind of mistake. You told me that I was going to give birth to the Messiah, but this is just a normal baby. No levitation, no laser vision, no super strength, not even a super ability to sleep through the night so his parents could get a little shut-eye. Compare this, for example, with the story of Apollo's birth. 
At the first taste of ambrosia, Impala was said to have spontaneously transformed from a babe into a man. Just a couple days later, he slays a dragon. There's a god. Mary looks down at Jesus, who has now fallen asleep, head lolling to the side. Where is the savior we were promised? Oh, but here arrive some shepherds. They've been told that this is the child who will, who will bring release to the captives, who will rescue all of Israel. What does Mary tell them? Sorry, the savior sleeps 18 hours a day right now. He might need to do a little growing up before he does any rescuing. Okay, I'm, I'm being a little glib, but only because when Paul tells us in Colossians to clothe ourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, to wrap ourselves in love, there's a part of me that instinctively reacts, that's not enough. Have you seen the news, Paul? Kids are running around with AR-15s. I don't think gentleness is going to cut it. People died, and people died because Amazon forced them to work through a tornado, Paul. And how is humility going to fix that? Politicians are gerrymandering Georgia back to 1897, Paul. We need a little more than love. I'm using current examples, but these aren't just current concerns. Colossae, to whom Paul is writing, was a diverse, multi-ethnic city in Asia Minor that had once been a thriving metropolis, but was tumbling into disrepair. The central trading route that had enriched the city moved, causing serious economic problems. And like many regions in the area, people strained under Roman taxation, particularly amid these broader economic concerns. All of this stress threatened to turn Colossae's wondrous diversity into ethnic strife and violence. Paul himself has his own problems. He's writing this letter from prison. And so in the middle of all of this, beset by economic suffering, fearing intercultural violence, oppressed by Roman's heavy hand, locked away in prison, Paul writes, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That disconnect between the seemingly simple prescription and the magnitude of our problems persists because it's yoked to a deeper existential fear. What if love isn't enough? It's a fear that runs beyond our politics into our personhood. We adore somebody who's sick. And we don't know if they'll get better. Is love enough? A close friend promises they'll help us with something that means a lot, but completely drops the ball. Is their love enough? We go through a breakup or a divorce and turn that wondering back upon ourselves. Is our love enough? Particularly now, as COVID breaks in new and harrowing waves, love can begin to feel impotent. We've loved again and again we cry, how are we here again? Why can't we have the beautiful in-person Christmas Eve worship that we longed for? How long can this go on? And in the middle of all of it, can love turn this tide? When we're in the throes of this metaphysical wrestling, I think part of our anguish stems from an unfortunate tendency in our minds and hearts to reduce love to something anemic. If love is just warm and hopeful feelings, then yeah, it's probably not enough. If love is merely hopeful promises, it's going to be outmatched by villainy that always seems to deliver. 
It's only a story we tell ourselves to sweeten a worldly bitterness. Words are not sufficient. But when Paul talks about love, he's referring to something deeper than that. We get a clue in the verse that precedes our lectionary passage. It's baffling to me that the lectionary organizers don't include it in this reading because it's the key to understanding the whole thing. Verse 11 reads, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. I'll read it again. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Love, Paul says, isn't sentiment. It's not principally a feeling. It's not kind words. Love is the innate, reflexive position that we are inseparable from our neighbors. Love dissolves the earthly categories that we are told to prioritize, irreversibly yoking us across race, across class, gender, ability, sexual orientation. In Christ, it's not that these differences cease to exist, but they cease to divide us. And in that love, every shackle is broken in the name of the liberating one. I won't lie. Sometimes that still doesn't feel like enough. But if we hit that wall, we must remind ourselves that it's gotta be. Because at the end of the day, it's all we have. Evil may be well-organized and well-funded, but it will never be able to replicate the solidarity which arises from knowing deep in your bones that you and your neighbor share a common destiny. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience are not themselves our purpose. They are byproducts of that fierce love that God embodied in their incarnation. When we live with that Jesus kind of love, we cannot help but be humble, be gentle, be patient. Humility rises from knowing that we are not the center of all things. Gentleness is an outgrowth of regarding others with the same kind of tenderness we yearn for. Patience, a product of understanding that we are not living on our own timelines. We're on God's time, and we are going to reach the promised land. And it's that kind of love that will carry us through COVID, too. Love that boldly proclaims, I cannot be well if you are sick. Love that does what it needs to. Gets shots and boosters, wears masks, distances when we must. Love that upholds in its action that our futures are inseparable, even when our bodies must separate. And I bet that's what Mary knew too, as she held the baby in her arms, even though it couldn't fly even though it didn't change the fact that she was lying amid afterbirth in a stable, clutching Jesus tightly to her breast, invoked in her the kind of awesome, abundant love that blurs the boundary between other and self. And in that moment, Mary knew, whatever happened, we were going to be okay. More than okay. Something in that tiny, fragile, embodied hope reassured her we're going to flourish. And so when the shepherds poked their heads in from the door, Mary didn't see strangers, but friends. 
neighbors joined by the radiant love lying in their midst. So she bade them enter. Come, let us adore him together. Good morning, everyone, and happy holidays. I'm Devin Mosley, and I'm a member here at Middle, and I'm also Middle's development director. We've all had quite a year navigating the wilderness of 2021, and so I hope you're here today because this place is one that gives you joy, peace, and a sense of love and community. I first joined Middle about six years ago when I was looking for a new spiritual home here in New York. And I had no idea that six years later, I'd have the beautiful opportunity to use my gifts after the devastating fire last year to help this team work on our rising. What I think I'm most grateful for in this season of Christmas Tide is getting to be a part of this movement every day, living my faith through my work and getting to interact daily with each of you as we put love and justice into the world. You do this, middle family. By joining this movement and by giving your gifts to this place, we are able to create this worship each week, do justice in the streets, pay our staff members realistic wages, teach our children about an anti-racist world, and keep growing this movement across the world. So as the calendar year comes to a close this week, and we all start thinking about how we want to show up in 2022, I invite you to take the plunge and join this movement if you haven't yet. It's as simple as going to middlechurch.org forward slash join. And then I also invite you to give your tax-deductible year-end gift. You can scan the QR code at the screen for our Venmo. You can visit middlechurch.org forward slash donate. You can send a check in the mail. You can give via your charitable fund, or you can send us stock. All our options. And so with that middle, I wish you a happy, happy holidays and happy 2022. Bye.
just want to thank you, Lord. God, for the gifts of your community and your soon coming reign, we give you thanks. Amen. middle family. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today. Friends, we're so glad to have you and you can share this worship celebration at another time by finding at middlechurch.org or on our YouTube channel. Hear these words of encouragement. You are enough and love is enough. Go in the world and be and do love. Amen. <laughs>